All right, what is every what is up, everybody? We're back here at the War Room. I'm your host Keith Corbus, along with my awesome co-host John Moynihan, aka JMO. <laughs> and we're back at it. And this time, you know what? We're switching it up a little bit. There's a lot of baseball discussion going around the league. The uh, off season is certainly heating up, so we've decided to talk with our two writers who have joined the War Room staff. <laughs> Got our boy Nick, Yurt, and Matt. What's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. All right, boys. So you guys have been writing for us for a little while on the website. We've had consistent viewership, so I appreciate your, all your hard work so far through the, what, like month or so? Yeah, month and a half, so. We've been grinding. Yeah. Seriously, we have been. We've been putting in that yeah. slow and steady wins the race. We're going to keep building on this. But true. We are here to talk some baseball. I want to go over something in particular that got posted today, which I think is – I don't even know what to say, to be honest. It's MLB bad. posted their bad. next 10 World Series predictions. So I'm going to go through them. 2021 is the Dodgers. Okay. 2022 is the Dodgers. 23 is the White Sox. 24 is the Padres. 2025 is the Braves. 26, let's go, Matt, the Mets. 27's the Orioles, 28 again's the Dodgers, 29 is the A's, and the Yankees take 20-30. One of the more particular ones I want to point out is the 2022 matchup. They have the Dodgers against the Angels. Does anyone even like remotely agree with this list? Anyone go first? No. <laughs> I no? like no. I like 2021 and 2023. I think those are the most realistic ones. I think the, I the, the, the White Sox, the White Sox over the Padres is very fair because by then, what you have Tatis in like his fifth or sixth year, he should be MVP caliber if not before then. So like that's a good, that's a good prediction. But I, I don't like, I, I mean Yankee bias. I don't like us losing to the Dodgers next year. Of course, but but um, the Angels making it in 2022 is <sighs> bad. I don't understand it. I think that they're so far away. <laughs> the Marlins have the Marlins have a better shot at making the World Series. The Marlins at least have a direction. The uh, the Angels <laughs> just sit. Yeah, having the league's best player doesn't actually guarantee you anything. I also will say I don't disagree 100 percent with the 2025 projection. I think that at that time the Jays will be ready to rock and roll with Bichette, Vlad, Kavan. I know, again, <laughs> Yankee fans, but I gotta be unbiased as possible here. I do think that the Jays will be ready to like to win. A AL East title in 2025. I think they're ready in 2021. You think 2021? Hey, you you take that back. I know you got two Yankee fans on here, but I don't see how the Yankees are getting to the World Series in 2021. Right now, that's fair. We don't have DJ. That's fair. Not yet. You don't have anyone but right now. Not we'll yet. We'll talk about that a little little later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my problem with the 2021 one. I think. I mean, like with having the Mets waiting until 2026. I don't know about that. The moves <laughs> that they've you. made right now and the rotation that they have, I think they're ready to win now too. I don't Honestly, know. I feel like for Mets fans, that'd be a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it would I, be a very, very major. It'd be a major. <laughs> Make it in Tatis' seventh season in the league with the team. <laughs> Once the Mets fans hopped on with Lindor and Carrasco, and we can kind of segue into this, obviously. Um, it seems like that ownership is ready to make the jump straight into contention no such thing as a rebuild for steve cohen and the boys uncle stevie as matt likes to call him um (laughs) there is the trade was good i thought it was necessary for both sides i want to say i think that cleveland knew they weren't getting back lindor obviously i think that the fact that they have 37 million dollars in complete payroll going into next year just shows that ownership doesn't want to pay which is kind of unfair for the fans of that team sell the team yeah seriously but i think that lindor obviously provides that spark plug that franchise type player for the mets i think carrasco is an excellent addition on top of the loaded rotation at the top I think that Cleveland got what they needed. I think Rosario, Jimenez, and, um, you know, like the two other prospects that they got, I was looking at, I think it was Isaiah Green and mm-hmm. Josh Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. Josh Wolf. Those two guys, I was, was? Josh, Josh Wolf. Wolf, right? Josh Wolf. I think yeah. it's Josh. Those two guys look like they have decent potential. I think that it was a right move in terms of 
if they're not going to win at all, might as well just sell and try to get some good pieces. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I was completely shell shocked by it because I had no idea that you know on a, at you know twelve o'clock on a on a on a weekday that we were going to see Lindor get shipped over to to For New sure. York City. But um, I was I I personally was disappointed. I was hoping the Mets would give up a little bit more, but giving up Rosario and Jimenez that's not a bad get, especially since those two are super athletic and Jimenez is a supreme defender. So if you need a shortstop, you put him there and Rosario is fast enough. You can move him around the diamond. For sure. Just a little on Ahmed and Jimenez as I I watched them the last three, three, four years, whatever it is. Uh, Ahmed right now reminds me of a lot of Javi Baez with less power at the beginning of his career. The guy can really hit the ball. He can really move. He can field when he needs to, but he just swings at every single pitch that's thrown to him. Like I a think lot of young he, guys do. <laughs> I think he yeah. went the first, like, I think he went like 200 straight at bats without a walk or something like that. It was ridiculous. Oh um, <laughs> if he can figure that out, he can become a really, really good player. But, you know, that's, that's very, very well, hard I think that comes out. with time, especially. I mean, like, there's so very few guys in the league that, like, come up right away. Look at Luis Robert. The dude swings at every first pitch possible. He doesn't not take a pitch. That um, kid went from batting 330 to finishing the season 233. Right. But it shows Horrendous. that I think it's it's just a maturity and de- developmental curve that they will learn at the big league level very fast. I expect Luis Robert to have a little bit of a better approach at the plate coming into this so. season, hopefully for my fantasy team as well. That's the case. <laughs> um, but I think that, uh, Jamin, you can chime in too. Um, I think that Matt also – you as well. Um, they're ready to rock and roll. I mean, the Mets are ready to fight the Braves, hopefully for, you know, the NL East. I think uh, they have a chance. I, I'm going to say as of now, I'm going to say that they're not going to beat the Braves. I think the Braves are too good of a team. They got Soroka coming back. But I think that the Mets are certainly right next to them. Oh yeah, I agree 100%, especially the rotation that the that the Mets have built so far and the addition of Lindor in the middle of the diamond. You know, you have a lot of young controllable guys too. Uh in Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, you're looking at hopefully has a, a, another solid year out there in the outfield. I think that the Mets are going to be really good. And going back to your point Keith on the on the Cleveland Indians and their time, I think that they kind of realized once in 2016 the loss to the Cubs, it was like that was their year. Yeah. They didn't really have much after that. And it was just like, you saw it too with the loss of Kluber. You saw it with um, uh, Mike Clevenger getting dealt to the Padres. And they kind of just, it was it was their time. It's just crazy because it seems like they gave up. They had Bauer, Clevenger, Carrasco, and Kluber all in the same rotation together. It's yeah. a superstar Th- that's, team. That's, <laughs> that's, that's like, that's... That's just like, so it's, it's frustrating from this point of view. I like, I'm just, I'm looking at that team. I'm like, I, I'm jealous of the fact that they even had those guys to begin with. Right. Who is it? It's uh, like, um, who else had like a super stacked, like uh rotation a few years ago and they all tra- got traded off. The, uh, it's just like, the, it's a- like the, two- the A's had one of those teams like mm-hmm. with Lester, Samarja, those guys back in like 2013. Um, the, t- the Tigers had, uh, Scherzer, Verlander, Purcello, all three side award winners, and Zimmerman, and, Price. and Zimmerman, and Price. Yeah, that team, that team was they loaded. four Cy Young award winners. Yeah, and then you have you have Miggy coming off of back to back MVPs. Jeez. That's that's stupid roster, and, and Victor Martinez couldn't. And Victor Martinez. Sometimes it blows my mind how teams can't find a way to win at all just based on their rosters. Like some guys, like especially like those Tiger teams, right? Remember they had like Prince Fielder, Victor Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, Ian Kinsler. Like they were stacked on offense and then on defense. I mean, defense pitching. They had freaking Verlander playing at the best baseball of his career. Like, and they just, they couldn't get it done. The Cubs had the same problem. You you get all this talent, you make it to the world series. I mean, they won, so it paid off, but immediately after that season, you just quick down, down spiral. And it's just, you lose everything. I think Cubs fans could be like, understandably disappointed with kind of selling everything off. Look, it seems like they're going to do because Chris Bryant's not going to be a cub by the start of the season. I don't think no. so. Does anyone else agree or disagree? He might be, he might be playing in Queens. Who knows? He might yeah. be. Met. Those rumors are swirling. I mean, if he comes here, <laughs> if he comes here, Chris you Brian, have- if you come here, we will embrace you. Don't worry. 
I I swear, like Matt, I feel like this off season hasn't never happened in your lifetime, like that you can specifically it's, it's, remember. It's like not that I was very aware, but it's kind of similar to the 0506 when we brought in Delgado and Beltron, and you right, know vibes were just so all young time where it's high. Like, but but it's different than then because then we said okay now we have a three four year window to win and then you know we'll go back to losing but now with Steve Cohen we say okay now we should win and make the playoffs every single year for the rest of my life and crazy enough like, they're still in on Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is gonna be absolutely stupid, dude. <laughs> if if they get Bauer, dude, they they should have the upper hand in the NL East. I think I it's mean they're third. I think Rock Solid is the number two team in the National League at the very least. Uh, the, yeah, minimum. Yeah. <laughs> the only team that, that's better than them is the Dodgers, and you know they're the Dodgers, so they should be better. But right, I, I if if they get Trevor Bauer, they're going to have Jacob Degrom, Trevor Bauer as a one-two, and then oh my God, they have Stroman still. And Stroman. They have Stroman, Carrasco, Peterson, and Syndergaard. That's six. Yeah. But so, Syndergaard's probably out till June. Yeah. I mean, still, but, but I mean, still his, back, his talent is probably yeah, going to be good enough. Is dirty. I mean, I can't even imagine Syndergaard being a four or five in a rotation. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's like a he's, he's like a three for most yeah. teams. It's sometimes a two. Two. You think it's even a one? I mean, he's a two on the Yankees. So. Well, the Angels, he's a one. <laughs> he's the ace. He'd be the ace right there. You guys the Angels, he's number one. <laughs> you guys think it could be like too many riches for the Mets at one point? Say you get Syndergaard back and you don't have anywhere to put him. Uh, I think they, in that case, you just you just either move Peterson to the bullpen for now, or send him down, or do something with him because you know he's the young like, guy. He's going to be the odd man out, losing starts probably. Yeah, I feel like too many riches kind of like doesn't always happen with baseball because there's like a decent amount of spots to fit people, I guess. And injuries, there's just so many injuries. Right, in like with with the like with like NBA and stuff like that, it's possible, I guess, because there's yeah. only five at a time, but. I think with like baseball, it it there's not really like a ton of like super teams, I guess you could say, where like all free agents decide to like collide together and code to one team, which I, I like. But like you Until can see the dot, like what? Until we get Springer out. <laughs> right, but like don't forget JT. But like, could you imagine Play. if like JT? I mean, well, I mean, the Mets have James McCann, so not going to go after JT. It wouldn't make oh, sense. Oh, platoon, platoon the position. If, if JT decided to take like like a, how much you guys think JT goes for realistically? I don't know because James McCann didn't really help him. No, James McCann did not get that. He he got paid, but he didn't get paid that. Is much. he a, He's going to deserve more than double what James McCann did. Is he like a five year, one twenty five, six year, one fifty type of catcher? Oof. Committing that he's many years to a catcher that's him. Mean, he's what 30 now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me look at it. Yeah, I think he's 30. If I mean you're pushing 30. I mean, what Brian McCann signed five year 85, and he was right. what 30 at the time, 31. Oh, and yeah. that contract did not pan out after three years with the Yankees. They just they shipped him away. So get out of here. Yeah. And JT needs to go to a team that's comfortable playing him at first base after two or JT three, four will be years. 30 yeah. at the start of the season. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, then I don't. Um, I think, I don't think anyone wants with, to commit more than five. No, I, I, Phillies, I think. It, it wouldn't make sense. I think he's going back to Philadelphia. And like, Phillies or Blue Jays is my guess. I feel like I feel like he's kind of sick of Philly. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I don't know. <laughs> eh, who wouldn't be? They're very <laughs> Philly. Antsy. Philly's crying poor this offseason, so I don't even know if they're comfortable giving him that kind of money. Yeah, I think he. I think honestly, he gets somewhere in the neighborhood of like four to a hundred and hundred and ten. That's what I, I think, was thinking. I think the reason why he gets a hundred though is because he's a clear cut number one catcher. He easily gets a hundred. I don't. I just. It's about how much over. And I, I don't think know he's if he gets the only catcher one. in this league for me personally that I would be comfortable batting three four. He can hit in those holes in the lineup, and I think that he's just an excellent catcher defensively and with the pitching staff. Like he does it all. So I think that there's no reason why a team shouldn't give him a hundred million. There's I just think he's going to do that. There's just not many teams that are willing to do I that. I think right the now. Phillies, yeah, yeah, Phillies are the Jays. They make sense. You know, they, they, the they I mean, if the Phillies, them. if the Phillies want to do anything, they need to resign them. Yeah, they, that's the one thing they should do if they're going to do anything more than you know a, a bullpen guy, because Lord knows they need a bullpen. They but, need a lot. 
It was bad. I mean, that's, a, that's a great first step. You the know what? We'll, tough. And we can kind of segue into, you know, this is kind of perfect, uh, into the catching discussion as well, because I believe, I mean, I feel like most of us can also say he's also a top five catcher. Wilson Contreras. Top four, top four sure. Top five, top five. <laughs> <laughs> I just threw five on there, but sure, you can say four. Um, I think he also is one of those guys that, you know, you can bat in the upper half of the lineup comfortably, you know, three, four, five. I think uh, – and the, the Marlins are going after him. And I think – honestly, I really like that move for the Marlins. I like how they're moving into that direction. They have a ton of farm system guys that are, like, pretty highly rated. I think that if they give up one, I don't think it – you know, it kills them in the end because they have two years of control with Contreras. On top of that, they got some guys already contributing, like Sixo Sanchez. And uh, what do you guys think a potential package would be? Specifically with the Marlins or – Right, yeah, they seem to be the front runners. Uh, well, Keith, you, you texted me about this earlier. I think Jorge Alfaro has to go. I agree. Um, and I think you mentioned Edward Cabrera as a potential two. Yep. He's good. Mm-hmm. I, everything I've seen about him says that he he can be a really good you know three uh, if he hits his potential for the rotation because that he can he can throw hard and if not he he becomes a good bullpen piece because he throws high nineties. Um, I mean, if not him, I don't really know who they give up because they have a lot of top prospects that they need to keep. I don't really know if you can trade uh, any of any of the guys in their top five or six, like a Jazz Chisholm no. or something. I don't think they can because that's a part of the core. They did that for a reason to, from them all. Yeah. And they're all around the same age to the point where they're going to come up together. Right. They're, they did exactly what you're supposed to do, pretty much. And Jeter knows that. I mean, obviously with J.J. Blade hopefully going to headline the lineup like he should be. Hmm. But I think that I think that with a guy like Wilson Contreras already up putting up numbers hopefully for them, you know, I mean like not in 2021, but he's not like a, I guess he's not a guy that puts people in seats per se, but it also kind of shows that the organization's trying to get good like now. Yeah, he's definitely part. an anchor to the young pitching staff. Absolutely. Right. I think he helps Sixo Sanchez out with being, you know, in the league and I and I think we all agree that dude is going to be freaking insane. He's going to be very, he's, very good for a long he's time. He's got some talent, that kid. I think he's clear-cut going to be the number one starter on that team and, and one of the best starters in the it's NL at the minimum within the next few years. It's interesting <laughs> to look at the Marlins farm system, dude. They have a lot of – their farm system is deep, but I feel like for the Cubs, they need to get a young projectable arm like Nick was saying, and then they need to get a position piece or two. It's just – Well, that's why I mentioned Eric Cabrera because I think that he's – and I wouldn't say the word expendable, but he's a guy that they can give up, I think, comfortably. They, yeah. they can afford to trade him. Right. And I think that helps the Cubs out, too, because they do need more arms. And he he does have an electric arm. He I does, mean, yeah. Yeah. He's 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 good. I mean, he's he's a pretty big talented, boy too. for sure. He's a big boy, 6'5", 217. He's what you look for in a starter. Yeah. And he's going to fill out a little bit more, too, because what is he? Right. What is he, 22? only 22? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a no-brainer if 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 the Marlins do Alfaro, who has years of control, and then ever. Or I think that's a good piece. I mean, I think that's a good trade for them for Contreras for two years. Yeah, I think if the Cubs are doing a trade with the Marlins, it'll be for more MLB-ready players to have their roster set for 2021. I, I don't think the Marlins would give up any of their top ten prospects and Alfaro. I think it would be Alfaro. And maybe like uh, an, I don't really know the Marlins roster that well, but maybe like a second baseman or a shortstop they can add in. What about like uh, that be ready? What about like uh, what's his name? Isan Diaz, right? Yeah, someone like that. They, I, don't, I don't think they like think... Diaz though. That's what I'm saying though. I think they that I yeah. Well, someone like, like Diaz, someone who who can who's ready to play in the MLB in 2021. Because I don't even it? know who's on the Cubs roster for 2021. Uh, it's a lot of. After, after they trade Chris Bryant and Contreras, it's, it's, I mean, and, and Rizzo's a free like agent after the season, so Chris Bryant will not be a Cub. No, he's not. I don't think he sees opening day. Nope, I I hundred percent agree. I, mean, I don't think he then, sees opening day. And now, now that the rumors for Contreras, which we've heard pretty frequently over this off season, I don't think he makes it opening day either. So, so if we all had to put, you know, put our best guess as to where Contreras and Bryant are going, where would you say? Contreras, I I still think the the Marlins are a good option for him. I think it makes sense. I think they need some some type of like I mean they got Marte. I don't know is he a free agent? He's he's still with the team. He's got one more he's year, still, right? I mm-hmm. think so. 
Yeah. I mean, they got Marte, who's a good bat, but he's not like Contreras type of like 25 year old young kid. Like that's like, you know, has an electric bat, even for a catcher. Um, I think Contreras goes to the Marlins. And I think that I, I don't even know if the Nationals are on KB anymore because I saw uh, Eugenio Suarez as a potential. That'd be a lower cost option. Mm. A trade target? Did anyone see that? Yeah. I mean, the I, Reds I are the Reds are trying to trade every single player on their team. So yeah, very, I also don't understand. I mean, it would make team. sense though. Well, it does make sense, dude. Because think about it: you're going to inevitably lose Trevor Bauer to free agency, and that was your guy. You need to move Sonny Gray in order to get some pieces back. Because if he goes again, I mean, this was one of his better years, I would say, after an absolute mess that it was in the AL. And you have Eugenio Suarez, who came off a 40 home run season, 100 RBI, and he put together like a decent year. It's time. He's good. Mean, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Suarez he's not a bad fielder either. Trading him is is weird though, because I mean he's been with the team for like four years now, and in 2018 signed an extension to put him through 2025. So like, well, I think he'll be 33 when that contract is up. I think it would cost a lot to get him, but I think he's available. And, and that I think contract he's is not Chris Bryant. Yeah, that contract is not huge. It's I'm looking at it right now. It's it was. Seven years, sixty-six million. That's really team friendly. Yeah, so, wow. so yeah, I think he's. I didn't even know expensive. he was an option. It, it seems like he's. You, so you, you do that type of contract team? to be the centerpiece in the lineup. Not a guy you ship off. Yeah, but it's just Dang. the Reds are in such a bad spot, dude. They really, they really are. They're See, they are, spot. but like they have, like I mean, they're gonna get the best baseball out of Luis Castillo this season, I believe. Yeah, if but he's, he's the guy that you build around. <laughs> what? He's the guy that you're building your your club around you're not going to build him around Eugenio Suarez no but I mean you need some offense to help him out yeah I mean, you, you have Nick Castellanos this season the dude has no offense you have Nick Castellanos he's formidable plays in the outfield I, I, just I think Joey Votto um oh boy Joey Votto is going to be tough he needs to hang those cleats up yeah still got some call it a career contract. yeah he's got like two or three I think it's he's this, the Reds are in a bad spot. I mean, Jim, this was one of your first articles, wasn't it? Was was talking about Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember reading it, and I'm like, they're really in such a bad spot. Yeah. You have, obviously, they have they do have prospects. You have Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green, um, and then Tyler Stevenson. They're hoping can become you know the, yeah. the catcher of the future. Definitely. But like, the, and Jonathan India could be their third baseman if they ship away Suarez. Austin Hendricks, like, their first round pick this year. Yep, he's their, their third pro- prospect, according to MLB.com. Uh, they have Reese Hines, another third baseman prospect. So they have, like, depth. But, like, aside from Lodolo and Green and Hendrick, I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, they don't really have a future or a present. I don't really know where this team goes. I mean, yeah. do you trade Luis Castillo then if you're going to trade everyone no. else? He, he's been on the block for two and a half years. <laughs> I mean, but they're going to ask for top, top market value, Which as they should. Fair. Yeah, uh, more than Snell, I think. I think they also have. Uh, I think he gives up more. I I think. Uh, yeah, I think at this point you can probably argue that he's a higher on the totem pole than Snell is. He is. And if you're going full tank for the Reds, you have really good bullpen arms in Mike Lorenzen and Amir Garrett. That's are gonna get a. Ooh, give me those two. Those those two are. Those two Iglesias isn't bad. He's shown that he could play too. They mm. traded Iglesias, didn't they? He, he's in LA now. Mm. Yeah. Earlier this offseason, he got traded to. Yeah. Yep. He got he got traded to to the Angels. My bad. <laughs> Let me see what that. Speaking of the Angels, it was, it was very under uh, the radar. The Angels is my pick where where Contreras will end up. So interesting. That would be great. That makes sense I, too. I think it makes too much sense for him to go to the Angels. It makes a lot of sense. It does. It makes too and much sense have... for then the Angels to be like, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they they were about to go all in for James McCann. Why can't they get, go all in for Contreras, who's arguably the better bet? Now, he is the better bet. Um, what was I going to kind of segue into? Oh my gosh, I just blanked out, guys. <laughs> um, never mind. I don't, well, I don't know well, what before, I was going to segue into that. Before we move on, since you brought up the Angels, I, I wanted to ask, what do you think they give up then? Because they're they're in a different spot than the Marlins. They the if if it's with the Angels, I think it'll be a prospect heavy trade because and not give a p- a pitcher. No, they and absolutely they, can't. Absolutely, I mean, they don't really. I'm, I'm looking at their top thirty right now. They don't really have a pitcher to give up. They have Reed Detmers, who they got this year in the first round. But aside from him, it's like 
Dude, they most of their most of their Bowers. top ten is it, their top ten is offense heavy. So Keith Bauer is there. I just don't. I don't know if Bauer wants to go there because he wants he wants to the point of his career. It's time to win a World Series. The Angels, I think, the really should that, overpay for Bauer. That's how badly yeah. they need a starter. If it's you're true. paying Bauer, you're overpaying him. And they've put yeah. in a lot of effort too to get to get guys. I mean, you saw they were right there with Garrett Cole too. True. I mean, I mean and they gave him. Cole. They actually they finally gave him a million. real bat with. They gave Trout a real bat with Rendon. So. Like, they 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 will shell out that money, but guys, I remember what I was going to go segue into, by the way, and I want to kind of get this in right before we start the rapid fire questions. All right, everybody. <laughs> uh, not no technical delays, but uh, we ran out of Zoom time. I know, <laughs> I knew this is going to happen. I called it from the start. I was like, we're going to run out of Zoom time because we get super into this, which is perfectly fine. But. We are now, let's backtrack. We're on to Contreras to the Angels. And when we were talking during our little break, um, <laughs> I brought up an interesting trade package for them. And I think also Matt brought up a good prospect for them. It would be Brandon Marsh is kind of the headline. He's in the top 100. 2016 second round pick for them. His ETA is very soon, 2021. Um, it seems like he can kind of do it all. He's uh you know 55 hit grade, 60 run, 60 field, 50 power, 60 arm, like a guy that definitely the Cubs will look for paired up with our boy Brennan Davis, hopefully, coming up in the next few years. And then I also said an interesting guy I want to know if you guys agree with. I was looking at their prospects. He's a third ranked prospect, 2022 ETA, Jordan Adams. This dude can fly. There's no other way around it. Um he has an 80 run grade, boys. I think giving up those two makes a lot of sense if they're also taking home Kyle Hendricks. So like kind of a two for two deal where the angels go all in for 2021 and the Cubs shed two big contracts while bringing in two very good prospects. That's now that you mentioned something that, I thought about. No, me neither. And I like that a lot. I think that I makes think, a lot of sense. Well, I think that Kyle Hendricks, while not a prototypical ace, I guess you can say, cause he doesn't, you know, he doesn't throw over. <laughs> 90 miles an hour even if that but he gets it done there's no way around it this i mean dude, he'd be the best pitcher on the angels 100 he would even if you know even if he's the number one for a, i mean does anyone know what his contract is yet i'm looking at it now he's under contract through 2023 that's an easy trade for, if i was doing how much? that uh he signed four years 55 mil before okay. last that's season like that's a great deal for them 12 ish uh bad math. That's yeah. really bad math. It's, last year he got paid twelve. <laughs> the next three years it's fourteen. And okay. then the last option is the sixteen million dollars. So that, for that's a great that's, that's a great a option great. for the Angels to upgrade. Cheap. Yep. Both yeah, they're they're upgrading two positions because they didn't really have a catcher last year. No, and right now their guy is Max Stassi, which who's who actually had a really good twenty twenty, but yeah. if you look at his career, it's a big ass. Yeah, he played 31 games, so he had the McCann season 30, where he batted he, he batted 278. He had like with, 280, right? Yeah. Yeah, 278 with seven home runs and 31 games for the Angels. I mean, that's likely Actually, going sorry. to be the best year of his career. So, I think what's yeah. interesting about that, Matt, which I kind of like, yeah. is that, like I was saying, he's not a prototypical number one, but a career 3.12 ERA just speaks for itself. And you wanna you wanna good. you wanna entice Bauer to come? That's a move you you make to get Bauer to come. For sure. If if Bauer were to sign with Hendricks already in the rotation, I mean that's and they a still nice have Bundy, right? Mixed with Bundy, who had a really good twenty twenty campaign. That's, a, that's Griff Cannon has potential. Third. I know we always talk <laughs> about Griff. Griff is one of those guys that can lock down a lineup on any given day. He can go seven scoreless with eight Ks, or he'll go three innings with 85 pitches thrown. <laughs> I like yeah. But he's he's Are a they? young young guy that still has years on his contract that they can slot. Because, like, right now he's, what, the number – I mean, what would he be, two on that team right now? They still got Heaney. Oh, Heaney's he, not okay. that good, though. He's, he's okay. better than Griff right now. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. That's but Griff sure. cannot be they... number three. They no, still have Julio Zahar on, I think, too. I, think I mean, Otani's still there, so I mean, I guess we just can't. We gotta wait and see with Otani. I don't I'm even. The Otani bandwagon. Yeah, I'm with Nick on this one, dude. The way that he Me came too. back after Tommy John surgery, it was just an absolute mess, and it just let like, him hit. Yeah, I just think. Yep, I agree. I think you just 
I mean, I don't know if we do we DH Otani. Yeah, it's that's like, what they've been doing. And or do we try to put him in the outfield like like he what has first in the past? Base when Pujols retires. Because like he didn't, Otani, hit, he didn't hit well this year, up. but he 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 can swing the bat. I mean, this year wasn't this year wasn't good, but his first two seasons. He played in a combined 210 games and batted 286 with 40 home runs. I mean, that's He's a good hitter. Big fly. That's that's real deal swinging. So, and there's no doubt that he can actually do both. I mean, like you know what I mean. They're, like when he's on pitching, like he's not consistent. Like, yeah, but he hasn't yeah. been no. on pitching in two years. I know, unfortunate, <laughs> very unfortunate. But that's the problem. I think I it's think... a project that failed, and they have to kind of accept that at this point. I don't and think. I think it, it fails from from definitely yeah. like a. I'm going to be a two t- uh, two way superstar aspect, but I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that I think Otani could be that guy in the lineup that helps him win ball games. He can, he for I mean, sure, for sure. He just can't be the two eighty the two eighty five average that that speaks for itself. So imagine if they move him to like reliever. That could work. He has, I mean, he has the cannon for it. So like, think about it. Right? They take they don't let him start. He gets like a, you know a re- relief appearance like maybe twice a week. You know, one to two innings, and that's it. It would be. It might be too much though. See, you have to keep your arm ready all week, and you never know when you're being used. Yeah. Well, what about like if they pre-told him, we're like, all right, like if the opportunity presents itself, you're going in today. It, it could work, but you might as well just let him focus on hitting. I think it's partially tough too, because I don't think the Angels have ever seen him on the mound after spring training of what was that 2019, where they were like, "This isn't going to work." After what it was like seven walks in three innings, and they're like, "Okay, like we're shutting it down." That's that it. wasn't in spring training. I was a regular I mean, game he, he he pitched this year for the he pitched Angels. And he and pitched two starts. They were awful. Oh, that's and not to mention when he gets hurt on the mound, it takes him out of the lineup because he has to for yeah, it takes like, him out for like a month until he's like ready to swing. No, I, so I get from the Angels standpoint of trying that out because like he clearly showed obviously when he first came into league that he can do both at a high level. I mean, that's clear. He's one of the few people, I mean, probably ever to be able to like comfortably say you can do that and be an all-star level bat and all-star level pitching. But like, I mean, again, durability, he just hasn't had it. The yips, yeah. dude, all of a sudden he went from throwing a hundred down to 90 and that was 90. scary. See, that's what was scary. Scary. that was really back, bad. Yeah. He came back throwing like 92. I'm like, uh, where's yeah. the 98, a hundred miles granted, an hour. Yeah. Granted 92, you can be effective. You got to spot up everything. But like for that guy who's been throwing a hundred pretty much since he was 18, like, what are you going to do right. now? You can't throw 92 and expect to throw it down the pipe and just burn people, which is, yeah. you can't do that. I mean, Everyone's he, learned that lesson. His his season debut, he faced six batters, walked three, gave up three hits and allowed five runs. And I think like three of those runs came in after he left the game. He didn't get a single out. I really want to succeed though as a pitcher too. I think it'd just be so cool for the game. Yeah, it'd be dope it'd for be, It would be awesome. It's just, he might not be the guy. Maybe not. I think it's, I think it's kind of, he's not the guy. No, maybe not. He, he he could like he could have been, but he is not. I mean, like they were, the the Angels, were trying to do the same thing with Brendan McKay. If the Angels want to win and make the playoffs. He's not the guy this year. I I don't know yeah. about McKay. I think McKay's just better off being a starter. He showed he showcased no ability to hit the ball. Yeah, the minors. So like this is this is no <laughs> college, disrespect. College but... pitching is much different. Every Jamo and you could say this too, right? Everybody we've talked to, I'm like, how's the jump? How's the jump? He goes, the jump is. Unlike yeah. anything I've ever seen, like yeah, you, it's it's the same thing. I mean, you hear it from high school to college, where it's like, yeah, now you're playing against all state guys, then you go from college to pros, and guess what? They're all professionals. They've all won at, at the collegiate level at the best of the best, you know. So, like in high school, you can get away throwing a, like against like you know, he could be a four year varsity kid, but like you know, yeah. he might go D two, and you probably take him yard. But then once you get to like Division one baseball and like the lower levels of minor league, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, yeah everybody's. I mean, everybody's elite at the game. If you're literally getting paid to play the game, you are better than the best. Like that's how crazy it is. It turns out facing Christian Yelich is harder than facing the ninth hitter on UConn. He, he, I mean, he was, he was drafted three years ago and in college, I'm looking at this now, he batted in three seasons at Louisville. He batted 328. And then, crazy good. And and you know he goes to the Cape Cod League when he's 19, and he bats 283, which is also really good. And then you have his minor league career, and he's a career 214 hitter, over 175 games, three the seasons. Jump. It's just, and then it's he the actually jump and he also... has. Sorry, go ahead. Nick. He, I was gonna say he has 
some at bats at the major league level. He has, he's two for ten, but like he he's just he is a better pitcher than he is a hitter. And I think that I'm, I'm I I hope even though I don't want to see him succeed in Tampa as a Yankee fan, uh, but I think he's going to have a lot of success if he just focuses solely on pitching. Makes sense. It does. It adds up. Um, I think that I kind of want to also, now that we have a little bit more time on our hands, kind of segue into, you know, we talked about the Reds kind of being that weird middle ground where I, I don't think they're going to be horrendous if they keep everybody, but they'll just, and look at JMO. And, uh, and, you know <laughs> And be, all right, so so we have our teams here. Like you know, at the end of the day, I try to be as unbiased as possible. But me and Nick, we're pretty big Yankee fans. Matt, your team is now coming into contention with the Mets, <laughs> and we got JMO. Go Sox, baby! God. So the Reds <laughs> the only, are stuck. Only in- one of us to win a World Series the last ten years. True. Very fair. You didn't have to go there. You didn't have to go there. But I think we see that according, you know, like I was, you remember when I wrote the, wrote the article, the six-year thing? I think that Cleveland recognized that their six-year window is over. That's why they did the trade. I think the Cubs recognize that it's over. The Reds are kind of in that weird period where it might be over, but they might be able to, you know, if they put on a few pieces, they might be able to get in another, like a few, a year or two of another run. The Red Sox are in that kind of weird middle ground where they're probably good enough to win anywhere between 80 to 85 games, but I don't think they have any chance at a contention in terms of going into the playoffs. So, J-Mo, I mean, we've seen Andrew Benatendi, potential trades. We've seen, you know, I mean, no, no for real rumors, but it seems like everybody's kind of open for a trade per se. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. is also a – um, free agents. So what do you think? It's brutal, dude. It's brutal to watch. I mean, the, the one thing that I have to, the one thing that I have to say is like shy bloom, who's president of baseball ops has come out and said, the Red Sox are now a small market team. Okay. Well, that doesn't make much sense to me at all. That's and then they why. came out last week and said shy bloom has financial freedom. So you have two polar opposites and you're stuck right in the middle. And where are you going to go? Well, I've written an article about the Andrew Benatendi thing. It's almost done. Um, but I believe you're not going to get anything back for Andrew Benatendi. Teams are going to base it off of our, our projection back in 2017, where he was a 2020 guy and he's kind of shown it through 2018 and, and really dropped off in 2019 and 2020 was an absolute mess. Granny was hurt. Okay. Whatever. I think that you have enough pieces. If you keep Andrew Benatendi around, you don't have a center fielder at all. You're going to lose out on Jackie Bradley. Most likely. If you move Andrew Benatendi to, to center field, you have Tristan Cassis and Bobby Dahl back. Only one of them can play first base. Move one of them against the wall. I think it can work. You're getting Chris Sale back. You're getting it. So convincing. <laughs> you're getting you're getting you're getting Chris Sale. You're getting Eduardo Rodriguez back. You'd be solid. Jay Groom. I think you got to get him out of the minor leagues, dude. Screw it. We're, we're bringing him up. He's calling up. He's getting we'll out of training. He's making the roster. Have him Have him at the three. Nathan Avaldi, dude, listen. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're not cut it to start in the major leagues, okay? You're not. You're just not. Really going in on Nathan Avaldi like that? Dude, he's like a 10-year veteran. Dude, he's a Yankee legend. Four years, $80 million because he made one postseason appearance, okay? This is a bull. You know what I'm going to say. It's absolute <laughs> BS. Okay. Move him to the bullpen. Now you have an electric arm in the bullpen. You just need two guys. Go out there. The reliever market is is plentiful. It's good this year. Kirby Yates, Brad there. Hand. Yeah, you can go out there and get two guys. I'm only asking for two. I'm not asking to reconstruct. Hendricks, the monster contract. <laughs> it was a good deal. Good deal. And you have... Matt Barnes, who's been okay. You have Ryan Brazier, who had a really terrible year, but has can be okay. And I think you can stir up the bullpen enough in free agency. You also have an interesting starter in Jake Odorizzi, who's still on the market. It's a good sign. I think that it's possible if you know he's he's got hurt, but he's shown what he can do at the major league level. And I think having him as a, as the third starter and having Jay Groom as the fourth, and then whoever the heck is the fifth. So you're saying Jay Groom, right? Yeah. We, saw, we talked about this the other day. The farthest he's gone in a minor league system is short season. Or no, A-ball, excuse me. But barely. Mm-hmm. He, dude, has like 
I think 60 innings on his arm. Yeah. You're telling me just send him straight up to the bigs? Yeah. I don't see why not. At this point, it's like, because right, <laughs> you lost he lost a season to Tommy John. Okay. I get it. But the kid's 22. He's 6'6. He can run it up to 100 miles an hour. Like, what do you have to lose? Uh, Even putting him in the bullpen, dude, his career. How? <laughs> if he doesn't work out, well, then you, you lose could- him. Dude, the you amount can of send him up at the end of the season. The amount of drafting. Yeah, but I'm saying, okay, sure, sure. I'm saying you don't start him there at all. No, 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 no. I think you can, dude. I think it's important to get him out of the minor league system because the pitch, dude. the Reds, the no, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Because the pitching that the Red Sox have drafted over the past several years, the next, the next big guy. Every single time I hear the next big guy, I'm just like bullpen piece, hundred percent. The Red Sox okay. have shown Matt, that they no, don't. No, no, do... no. I'm not. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. I'm going on a rant right now. Okay, okay. Henry Owens. Right. Lord, like Jesus Christ. He was the next Clayton Kershaw or some, some BS and he barely made it out of AAA. Matt Barnes, again, a bullpen piece, but you took him in the first round out of UConn. Trey Ball, who is now a scientific experiment in a ball trying to learn how to hit again because he could hit a little bit in high school. No, this is it, it's professional ball. baseball. It is professional baseball. <laughs> you need to a either figure it out in the minor leagues or that's or like that's that. And I think that Jay Groom, the longer he stays in the minor leagues, the Red Sox pitching coaches down in the minor leagues somehow find a way to screw it up every single time somewhere along the line. Because I think it's not it's at this point it's not on the players because you can't you can't miss on everybody. And right now it's a miss on everybody. And I'm going to turn it to the pitching staff and the pitching coaches and being like, somebody needs to lose their job and figure out how to develop pitching. I think the Red Sox have shown that they, they that they can't develop pitching. Yes, I know. Yeah, I think, (laughs) but that's what I'm saying. I think that they sure can trade for it. Oh yeah. Right. They can trade for it. (laughs) I think it's the best of them. I think it's important to get Jay Groom out of that system just so he can have, a better coaching experience. And so that it's, you have another young arm that you're going to, you know, hold on to and hold on to. And, and eventually it's, I think I, you I gotta be a, careful though. I, I, deep I also, you, I also think you want him to spend as much time with Purcell as he possibly can. That's another sure. one too. point. And I'm, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea to push him through the minor league system this year, but I think it's a really bad idea to just go, okay, dude, here you go. You got 60 innings on your arm. You got, you know, the farthest you've made it to is a ball. Let's throw you up against, you know, Aaron Judge, and let's see how you do. Well, even against, you can just put him in the bullpen. That'll limit his usage. It'll put more innings on his arm than it would in the It's like the Wainwright method. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, he can. I, I mean, I'm sure he can get outs right now at the big league level. I don't That's I don't very see much so how the Cardinals develop their pitchers, and it works. Yeah, and then you could also have an, an electric arm out of the bullpen, so it helps shore up the bullpen a little bit. Who knows? Maybe you don't even need to go get it. You only need to get one reliever, and you can go assign two starters. Corey Kluber's Jam- on the market too. Jamo's out here just full. I'm out here. Guys. I'm out here saying that the Red Sox can do it. Do I think? <laughs> they <should>? No. <laughs> I mean, you they're, don't sound very convinced know. that they can do it. No, I don't because John Henry needs to fill up his yacht every summer so he can't afford to you know not fill up his Whoa, we're out here calling out people huh i am dude this is ridiculous you don't want to sign mookie Wouldn't bets be me, you're not my owner you're gonna you're gonna disrespect <laughs> somebody it's like i want 300 million and he's like you're getting 220 and mookie's like nah and it's like i don't think it takes somebody with a big brain to figure out he's the second best player in mlb so, so. jmo in four seasons of the minor leagues he's thrown 66 career innings right and yep. he lost one to tommy jump right no yeah no I'm, I'm yeah of course but i'm saying like I don't think that's enough track track record. And, you know, you got to get him to double A first. I mean, you look at Garrett, him to 100 innings. Look at Garrett Crock. <laughs> we saw how that turned out. He's throwing 100 miles. Blew his elbow out. Yeah, hurt. <laughs> that's true. But I don't think the injury is as bad as it seemed. I think he's going to be okay for the for this season. But he, he blew his elbow out to like an inning into his, his major league career. That's fair, but it's okay because Jay Green was like, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. He, had, he <laughs> yeah. already had his, he's on a new elbow. He's fine. They <laughs> <laughs> replaced so, the ligament already. You can't so tell J-Mo, My question is for you, though, right? Like, yeah. like I've talked to you about this countless times. Yeah. I always get heated about it. <laughs> I really, no, and I'm not saying it as a, you know, like, you. go me, whatever, like Yankees, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean it seriously. I think that if they're not going to 
get pieces to go all in this year, then just go all out and just trade everybody, go well, get prospects and rebuild back up. I agree. I agree. But it's, it's, do you think that they're better than, and this is what my question to everybody, they're not better than the Yankees right now. Nope. They're not better than the uh, Rays. Nope. I don't think they are. Even I think I'm not confident last now. Rays, I think they got too many guys. Wander Franco's on his way up. I don't know. I mean, the loss of Blake Snell, that's pretty big. Right. And Charlie Morton. I, I still Morton. think that team is just like so, and like it can be a good way or a bad way, but I think they're so methodical in how they do things. I still think that they are better than the Red Sox. They are. I, the bottom is at best the fourth in the division. Right. And I think Toronto's Jays, better than them too. The Jays are going to have the upper hand in this one too. Yeah, but the yeah. offseason is still young. I just think that that Shy Bloom needs to no, I'm and I'm serious. Like if he doesn't make moves soon, he's gonna miss out on his guys. And then the at Red that Sox point, just go all in, sign like Bauer to like 10 years, like 400 million, and then like no, JT Real Muto 15 not years. Like that. <laughs> but I'm saying like you if if you're looking at it and you're again, you're stuck in this middle ground where you need to either go all in or go all out that we've talked about, like you need to make a move. ASAP now. if you're going now. to go all in and if you wait two three weeks we get a month closer to spring training now the dominoes are probably starting to fall well, what about this guys then what happens if you trade for Chris Bryant put him in right field no Ooh. I don't think it's worth it because you have Alex Verdugo out there true Verdugo's there but he's shown the I mean Bryant can play multiple positions that's true he can he can he's a first baseman third base you can play yeah, what, are they field, sure, yeah. what are they trading? They don't have a stacked farm system to. Yeah, you. Can't I don't really even think they have to trade Jordan. I don't think they have to trade for top of the top of the market value guys because he's only on a one year deal, and we've shown that teams don't pay up as much as you would think for these type of guys because they're on one years. Yeah, right, I mean, but his so, reputation. So, but I'm saying, for, from your standpoint, right? It's let's go all in, go all in. That's an all in type of move. I think that there's other moves that can be. be made though. Sure. But their like hitting is not the problem. They got to no. bring in a pitcher too. Yeah, that are better uh, or seven. <laughs> or yeah, they, seven. Need, they don't have a rotation or a bullpen. Yeah, they need bring an back entire Martin bullpen. I think Orderizzi is a good sign for them. He's shown that he can get outs, but like yeah, I think so too. And he's a I mean, you have your number one ace, regardless of like I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure he's going to do fine this year. I can't see Chris Sale like absolutely well, having a terrible season, fresh off fresh off of Tommy John. He's just Chris Sale. Yeah, and he did like Nick said he did struggle, but velocity was way down too. Yeah, right. He That's important. They, they, he didn't he didn't look like himself before he got hurt. I yeah. don't think they should. They definitely cannot rush him back. They need to make sure that Velo gets back up to where it was before they even think about putting him in there. Yeah, but I think I mean at the same time we've seen it talked about too, where it's like teams like yeah sure you get him in what maybe say he's not ready for opening day right in March. So you get him end of April. It's like it's like a free agent signing. Now all of a sudden you're kind of back in it. You have this new rejuvenation of wow, we got our ace back. We have Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez who's shown he can pitch at the big league level as as the two. I'm comfortable putting him as the two. And then you just need you need somebody, whether it's a Jacob Odorizzi or a Trevor Bauer, who knows? Maybe you bump you bump Eduardo Rodriguez back or you put Odorizzi behind behind Eduardo Rodriguez. And now you have a one, two, three. Hopefully who knows? Somebody pans a, out four or five. Know what- you know what's kind of interesting about like Sale and Syndergaard, right? That I kind of realized is that, um, like due to them having Tommy John, they're rehabbing as if like last year for them didn't. I mean, didn't happen, right? Mm. So like, I feel like a lot of pitchers are gonna have to adjust, uh, readjust again to throwing all those innings when those guys are preparing to throw all those innings coming up this yeah. year. So but it kind of makes sense. Right, it it kind of in a sense like if you're gonna pick like a year to miss per se, it was this coming season, this past 100%. season, one hundred percent. And that's kind of I don't know, I kind of just thought of that. I don't I don't know why I mentioned it, but I think like that it provides kind of somewhat of a um a positive for sale coming back. I actually never thought of it like that, Keith. That was interesting. Yeah, uh, and the, and the key thing to think about with this, you're going <laughs> you're going back. They want to play 162 games, so you're you're adding 102 right. games onto the schedule. The thing that I saw today was that there are teams that are going to go six man rotation. I think the Mariners said they were going to do that hundred percent. Like do teams transition to that? Cause then that completely changes who, which teams could be contenders and which teams might fall off. Cause you can have one or two guys like 
for the Yankees, for example, you have Garrett Cole's the ace. You, if you bring back Tanaka, that's two guys. And, and that's a, that's a decent rotation. You bring back Sevy in a six man rotation. That's a pretty good six or three top three for a six man rotation. You would think that by that point, Clark and Debbie are in it too. I would hope so. But like Debbie, just Debbie will be in it. He, he should be. Do you guys think James Passing goes back to the Yankees? No, not after the velo dip that he had. That's fair. I think that's a really important thing to always look for, like in a starter, right? Like velo dip is super. I can't, man, we're really going all over the place. That's all right. (laughs) I think that velo dip is super important because now everybody's used to throwing, seeing, seeing the ball at 95, 98 miles an hour to the point where if you're throwing slower than that and you're not used to throwing slower than that, you're going to get clobbered. I mean, especially with Paxton, like when we first got him before the 2019 season and then when he was with Seattle, he was slinging 96, 97. Easily. And then and then this year, at first you thought, okay, the, the busted spring training and summer camp kind of forced guys to have to use the regular season to build their arm up. And you're talking mid-August, late August, and he's still throwing 91, 92, where he's topping out at 94 instead of topping out at 98. And you're almost like, confused as to why he's throwing this soft the same the same problem happened with Patrick Corbin Velo completely dropped off the map and and it's like is it an injury or is it just his body is it's wearing wear and tear on a lefty because lefties it happens to them more than any more than to the righties and and he isn't a hard throw to begin with but like when you see like the 92 that he would throw um go to like 89 88 consistently that's concerning yeah. It was Especially like when you have all that, Velo. when you're paying all that money for him too. Hmm. Yeah, six six years, one one fifty something. That's that's big money. Yeah, you, can't, right, have, you can't have Velo dip after two years. <laughs> I think that we should start uh, fire up some rapid fire questions. Hit me with it. I think it's that time. Um, all sweet. right, boys. So I think I know. I want to say I know Nick's answer, and no, I definitely know Matt's answer to this. <laughs> Are you guys Chipotle or Cadoba? Chipotle. That's not even a question. Yeah, I knew, <laughs> Matt, was I knew Matt was Chipotle. Sleeper pick Cadoba's though, Moe's is my number two. That's yeah. fair. Moe's like my number good. five. Jay, well, I think we should start including Moe's in the conversation because there's been multiple occasions where they're like Moe's is two. So it's like I, it's definitely not a like two-man race here. No, I, I had Moe's for the first time like a month ago, and it's the chips. The chips make it a, a solid number two. I think I put it over Cadoba. I've never had Moe's, dude. There's not one up in Massachusetts. You gotta, you gotta come eat down to Chipotle. Here. You're good. You're not missing anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just eat Chipotle. Um, you, you stick with the true goat, but <laughs> all right. I, I said, you know, we've been on this for about an hour or so. So I hope you guys have something. What's a hot take that you ride with no matter what? It is. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, why don't you guys go first? (laughs) J.D. Davis will be a top five third baseman in baseball by 2023. Goodness. That's a ridiculous hot take. J.D. Davis, you heard it here first, guys. Top five third baseman for the Mets. By 2023, even if he's not with us, he'll be a top five third baseman somewhere. He'll be somewhere. <laughs> Hopefully, winning games the guy, in 2023. The guy does everything right. He hits. He hits he's her contact player, right. He hits he's her really power good. right. He's a, he's one of our only clutch hitters. He plays the field great. Top five is the Astros blew it and gave him to us for nothing. I'm gonna and get some comments from people that are, are listening. Is this guy? I mean, you have you got to compete with Arenado and Rendon and. Oh, their time's over. It's Devers, baby. Time Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela. Oh, yeah. The, the best third baseman in baseball is Gio Urshela, according to the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not Mets owner, Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> so, so I have two. There's the obvious one that, that everyone here knows about, which is that Gary Sanchez is still a viable option at catcher. But I think Ooh. the one that I, I just thought about here, Clint Frazier will be a top five left fielder uh, in the next three years. I like that. I think that's a good one. The, so I, he has the he has the bat to do it, and that the defensive strides that he made in twenty twenty, I like. I, I like him. I'm excited. Top for ten, him. top five is really bold. I think. Bold. But you, I mean, Nick, you even know too. I've always been a believer of of getting him up in the bigs and letting him go play. Even like two years ago, 
I said, just full send this kid. He's too good of a player not to, to keep down, regardless of like all the depth we had at, at outfield. Yeah, I think uh, this year's a really big year for Clint Frazier. I mean, hear, hear me out. Aside from Yelich and Soto, and I'm, I, I could totally be blanking because I'm doing this really quickly. Who's who's guaranteed better than him in le- in left field? Not a guy that plays a couple other positions. Here goes Matt. JD Davis. He plays left field. <laughs> the left fielder, and he's a terrible left fielder at that. Uh, and I don't want to hear because because I saw this on Instagram. MLB Network posted their MLB now like top ten left fielders. Dom Smith is in that conversation. He's not a left fielder. Dom Smith is a first baseman in the DH. He's not a left fielder, so he can't he be in that conversation. He is better than Clint Frazier. I love him okay, as a hitter. Don Smith is one of my favorite players that is not a Yankee. Um, great guy on and off the field. So uh, I think if he was a left fielder, he could be in that conversation, but he's not. So aside from Soto and Yelich, like who's locked in left fielder that's, that you could put in that conversation? I'm trying to think. We got time. <laughs> We got five minutes left. <laughs> you got guys. You have guys that can play left field. Like Acuna's played left, but he's not a left fielder. No. I don't know, Nick. That's a good. Uh... Luis Robert. No, he's center field. Oh. And then you could you could argue Eloy Jimenez, but nah, Eloy plays right. No, Eloy oh, he's plays a left fielder. He remember he allowed uh, Christian Yelich's inside the parker because he fell into the netting. Yeah. In left oh, field. that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible defender, but he has a, he has a really good bat. I can't put Andrew Benatendi in there. It's just not, no. it's not possible. Nope. And J.D. Martinez was, but now he's a DH, so. Yeah. Same with Giancarlo. What, now he's a DH full-time, so I, th- I, I think I, I pulled this one. I, I like that one, Nick. I really I, do. I pulled it out of thin air when, when Matt brought up J.D. Davis. I think Clint Frazier could legitimately be a top-five left fielder with the and Yankees Kings or in New York. Kings in New York, I, Clint I, Frazier, J.D. Davis. It. He the would one, help out the okay. Yankees a lot. <laughs> the one thing <laughs> I will say, I think that, like, you know, going to New York can hurt a lot of players. I think it honestly helps Clint Frazier. I'm and not another kidding. One. Just because, true, yeah. And I, I think, like, I think for Clint, like, the, the I don't know, he kind of had, like, an attitude when he was, like, in the Cleveland Indians organization. I might be totally wrong. He's a little, he's like, a little cocky. Yeah, and then going to New York, it really humbled him. And like, I think it it, it came through this year. Where he was like, "Hey, like, you know, I don't play every day, but I'm gonna go out and play the best that I can when I'm my numbers called." And I think that was like a bit up for him. Yeah, he definitely they, matured. They, you could see it. They put him and, through uh, a process, and he he became like a team player, not a not a me guy. Is he uh Nick? He's like no uh, no brainer for for left field, right? Uh. It depends what they do with Brett Gardner, but he should he should be. What do you mean? You got I Mr. Moneybags Hicks in center field. You don't need Brett Gardner anymore. That's uh, true. I mean, Brett, Brett Gardner's a lifetime Yankee, so it's either they, they bring him back or he retires, and he wants to stay. So Bold. they could they could just switch him and him and Clint Frazier. Have Clint Frazier start and have Brett Gardner come off. The I bench. love Brett Gardner. That's what they should do. That's what Bold. they started to do towards the end, and then I, Clint got. I love Brett Gardner, but I think that it's time to give 26-year-old, 25-year-old Clint Frazier a real chance. 26, yeah. No, he give, turns give Brett Gardner two, September. three, four more years. No, no, no. Give him – Gardner at this point is in like year 13 if, he's, if he stays. I, I, I love Brett Gardner, one of my favorite, Let him go favorite Yankees of all time. But he turns 38 in August. You can't be starting him over a guy who has four more years of team control. I just It, it would baffle me if, if so he's Nick, the starting the question. Nick, here's the just important the... question. Yep. Has he earned his pinstripes? I think so. You talking about Clint? No. Gardner. Oh, oh 100%. <laughs> okay, he's a pinstripe that's, guy. That's not, that's not even a question. I mean, he won a World Series. He's been here his whole career. He, he showed that he's loyal to the team. Yeah. I'll mark it down on my list. He's got he's got his pinstripes. Gardner's one of got the few, He's one of the few on this team right now that has his pinstripes. Good to and, know. Um... I don't know. Jamie, you got anything else? Me? I don't yeah. know if I have anything else. I don't know. I'm just kind of hanging right. out, chilling. I'm kind of upset about the Red Sox thing still that it got brought up, but, you know, we're chilling. <laughs> I brought it had up to get brought, it had to get conversation. Brought up. <laughs> it had to get brought up. All right, boys. I think that's what's going to – I think we're – that's what's going to do it here. I think – I don't know if that just made sense, but we're going to close things out. <laughs> um, This episode will be out – not this coming up Friday. We got Mason Black this Friday. Oh, they won't they already listen to it, so never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, 
this episode will be out in two weeks. Thank you for guys for coming on. Appreciate it. Follow yeah, Nick bro. and Matt on their Twitters, the writers, guys. Right. Oh, yep. Wextra innings. <laughs> and Nick, you're just what? I got mine right now. It's Nick underscore underscore Santana. N-I-K. Two oh, underscores on. and then Santana. N-I-K. Remember I had that. to. It was taken. You got, you got to get the N-I-K. And Matt is Wextra innings. <laughs> Wextra. <Yes, sir. laughs> All right, boys. That'll do it. 2021 is going to be a good year for the War Room. Yes, sir. Offseason is going to be exciting. Yes, sir. We will see you guys on the next episode. Peace out. Peace. Adios.